recording live from the first meeting of the D'Angelo Williams Professional Wrestling Fan Club. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, people are like 10 excited about D'Angelo Williams as a professional wrestler in the professional wrestling community. For, for two guys who tangentially kind of like wrestling, I like it a lot. Eric is has gone in and now are you still in eric yeah i'm the only one here that watches it still so eric's still in. kevin kevin was used in to be way and in. Is now out i i, I way at out peak i was the most in out of any of us and now i'm the most out out of any of yeah, us so okay so kevin uh how excited though would you be to see d'angelo williams wrestle a professional wrestling match i've seen him wrestle men and mean men <laughs> uh i i would love to see him cut a promo and then uh, work a tag match. Yeah, I I like the idea. Just like he's keeping the the pink tips to the dreadlocks in honor of his mother and stuff. So he's always gonna nice. be. A, he can't be a heel. It's impossible wait, wait, now. For old time's sake, did they find him? No, no, they did not. <laughs> Ouch. So uh, it's uh, Seahawks Nest podcast time. Uh, we are starting our divisional previews this week. But first, we have to dig into all the meaty Seahawks news from this week. <laughs> Uh, that means that there's really uh, almost nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the like dead season for uh, yes. We're gonna, and we're going to start these predictions probably I would say three weeks too early, maybe four weeks too Let's early. See, we did Sahara, so uh, as we wade through the Mojave Desert of the off season, yeah, yeah okay, this so- is this is about right though. I mean, we got to start talking football. It's July there. There is no football, but there okay. will be very soon. Let me t- let's start with this. This was the highest scoring, uh, second highest scoring Reddit thread of the week in our Seahawks. It's an article from Field Goals, and you know what? I'm gonna Field Goals blocked us on Twitter. I'm gonna earn it right here because I'm gonna smash <laughs> on this article. Field Goals, we're okay. calling you out. Okay, so Field Goals. I I usually used to think like, why did they block us? Now I'm gonna give them a reason to block us. So they said they wrote an article this week. Nearly every wide receiver who is drafted ahead of Tyler Lockett is headed for bust status. Okay, let's let's. I'm gonna break the wait, sound of this. Can I start with one preface? Yeah. Let's keep in point. This is two years into a wide receiver's career. A position that's widely regarded is taking one year just to understand how to play it in the NFL. A bit. Right. Running, now, running NFL level routes is hard. So he starts off by saying like this: <gasps> Amari Cooper. That's the first receiver he writes down. Okay. Well, Amari Cooper's real real good at football. So I don't. Right off the bat, I'm like, okay. So definitely not heading for bust status. Doesn't he have over 2,000 receiving yards already? Correct. Yeah, uh, about that. Now, I will I will say this. If his argument is that all these wide receivers are doing worse than Tyler Lockett, I actually think that's a much better thesis than the one that he wrote. Uh, Kevin White has been hurt his entire career, so I would give him a solid N.A. Uh, if he stays hurt all his career, then yes, bust. I agree. But right now, you can't really grade him. Devontae Parker. Ronnie Parker had 26 catches for 494 yards and three touchdowns as a rookie. And then he doubled that total and had 750 yards receiving in his second year. Uh, this is the trajectory of a very good U, uh, NFL football player. That is a common trajectory for an outside receiver. That's not bad. So let's, uh, let's put... Uh, Devontae Parker in the not bust category, and so far we're at two not bust, one bust, and I think you can see where this is going. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, bust, bust, terrible. Uh, he's he's we're awful. two and two. Everybody in Philly okay. hates him. Brashad Perriman, okay. uh, hurt the whole first season. All injury team. Thirty three receptions for four hundred ninety nine yards and three touchdowns, and hurt on a really bad receiving core last year. Uh, I think that Brashad Perriman, I'm going to put him in the. Uh, Potential like deep threat, long burner category, not we'll wait bust. And see. I we'll think wait we're gonna. See. I put him in NA. Okay, so so now we're at two Verdict to two still. Then. Two to two still. 
Philip Dorsett, 33, t- 33 catches for 528 yards and two touchdowns last year. Okay, what? What? I don't understand. What's bad about that in your second year? That's a pretty good second year, right? And also, yeah. he was a late first round, early second round pick. He's a end of the first round, 29th overall pick. Uh, that's disappointing, but not bust. Yeah, not bust. Okay, Devin Smith, bust. Yeah, he, what he tore his ACL. Two and then... two injuries. We'll put him in the bust category. Yeah. I honestly don't even remember. Doriel Green Beckham, uh, bust. Uh, bust. Bust. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Devin Funches. Uh, one solid season injury, iffy hands, but he's exactly what you should have expected when you drafted him. Well, I heard yeah. you guys talking about this before. And it's mediocre. As I was headed to the other room, you said, like, what did you really expect from him last year after he had a decent year? I expected nothing. He had a better year. I'd say not a bust. Yeah, he, not a bust. So we have an even amount of not a bust and bust, and that is exactly my point, is that nearly every wide receiver, I mean, that's that's like a real sketchy statement when half of these guys are, are good to fine and a couple of them are like jury still out, and then yes, three of them are definitive busts. Well, and keep in mind, Lockett missed a significant chunk of a season with injury. His numbers were down too. Yeah, and I mean, yes. Do I think Tyler Lockett? If the thesis of this article was, is Tyler Lockett better than every wide receiver on this list? The answer is potentially <laughs> yes. Him and Amari Cooper are very close, and that should tell you how much value the Seahawks got out of that pick. That is great value to yeah. get a guy who's almost as good as the number four overall pick. Good job, Seahawks front office. Tyler Lockett rules. That being said, uh, the the saying that all of these guys are busts and like trying to trash on a bunch of dudes who are following the normal trajectory of second year wide receivers is like really disingenuous and kind of lame. Yeah, not everyone can be Julio Jones, you know. I it's, mean, we got spoiled for a while there. We're in an era where wide receivers produce faster and at a higher level than at any other time in the history of football. So you just can't hold people to these standards. If you're under a thousand yards, that's not a bust season. It's still a solid season to go over seven hundred yards and to have a few touchdowns thrown in. That's still a functional season from a number two receiver, period. Yeah. Um also, uh, Stephon Diggs was in this uh, in this draft, and he went after. So I guess the Seahawks blew it by not picking Stephon Diggs because uh, he's like <laughs> one of the what ten or fifteen best wide receivers in the league. On he's on the trajectory to be one of the best ten or fifteen wide receivers in the league. He's so. in the conversation with Lockett and Cooper uh, for the best one out of the draft. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess we blew it, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call Tyler Lockett a bust because of that. Hey, can we go to the? Uh, I'm using the same logic. Can we go to the SB Nation? Um, <laughs> Vikings and see if they have a parallel thread. Maybe it's just a theme thread. Yeah. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, every wide receiver drafted before Stephon Diggs is on its way to being a bust. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, there really wasn't much else, uh, exciting that happened this week except Happy for birthday, Russell, Wills, Russell, Will, Ru- Russell, Russell, Hustle and Bustle, Man Muscle, <laughs> uh, Wilson. He, Eats 4,800 calories a day and nine meals. It was like reading an article about the Rock's diet all over again. Yeah. Except for half as intimidating because the Rock's diet is 11,000 calories. One the one of the articles I read was like, Russell Wilson's eating 4,800 calories a day to lose weight. It's like, yeah, this this guy doesn't just sit around and he's like, well, I'm just say, maybe I'll go for a walk. No. This guy, <laughs> this guy, Russell Wilson, he's an NFL athlete. He trains harder than any of us ever have. Well, he's not like eating greasy Chuck E. Cheese yeah. pizza or something. If you, if you read what he... It's honestly what I eat, a little healthier, and Wait, so a lot when more. When you wake up, do you have a snack of a, a spoon of almond butter <laughs> and a spoon of jam? Uh, when I was doing CrossFit, I had a spoon of almond butter and protein powder, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so <laughs> weird. It was like That was the weirdest thing to me. It's like, he wakes up, he eats a spoon of almond butter and a spoon of jam. It's like, 
what? That, yeah, I don't. The huh? jam. If it, you read the article, it says the jam is the treat. That actually <laughs> sounds pretty delicious. I'll be honest. I like jam. Yeah, I mean, but it probably you can't, tastes good. It's just you can't weird. smear it on bread and yeah, then can, add cinnamon and sugar to it. Yeah, you can't. You can't do almond butter on toast. Like he ain't eating bread. He eats no gluten, no dairy. The guy was like bashing on yogurt in the article, like the the trainer. <laughs> I was like, dang, dude, this guy hates yogurt. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I hope you like chicken breast and broccoli because that's what you're eating. Yeah. You know, I mean, the part got- that we want to take out of that, though, is he's down to 215. He feels like going into last year, he was a little heavier, which they talked about wanting to do so that he could kind of take the punishment. But what he said was he felt like it was making him slower, a slower, but be like tighter almost. And so he thinks that was a big part of why he got hurt, whereas he had pretty amazing health records. Uh, throughout his first few seasons, considering the number of times he got hit, I mean, he never really missed a game. It's like no, it's <laughs> he should have missed, missed parts. two. He probably should have sat out at least one, but he he didn't. And I think that was part of the problem is he never got fully healthy because he never sat out a game. Yep. Uh, and then so he never really came back to hundred percent. That's more of a problem to me than the weight. Um, Russell Wilson's going to be a stout guy. He always has been a stout guy. He has that like you know big posterior chain, and he's not going to be small next year. I think people get the idea like, oh, he's going to lose weight. He's going to come in and he's going to look like skinny Blake Bortles, and it's like, nope. No, he's going to look. He's built like a running back. Yeah, he's going to look like Russell Wilson still. He's Which just is by be, the way good. He's going to be leaner. He's going to be more. More cut up. He's going to look more like um, Chris Pratt when he's filming Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, which he looks now. I mean, he looks incredible. He looks a lot better than he did last year. But because I brought up that Chris Pratt thing, because that's the same dietitian that Chris Pratt uses. Yes, uh, dietitian to the stars. Well, one the more stars. point about that though is I feel like frame of mind is important. The fact that he feels good about his body—that's a good thing as far as being confident in making cuts. You know, a lot of people talk about when you're coming off of injuries, the hardest part is feeling like you can plant with all of your weight on that leg and spring to the other side or whatever the case is, put the full hit in with your shoulder or however it is. If he's feeling confident in his health, then he's going to play like it. He's not going to look hesitant. Whereas last year when he was dinged, he looked hesitant. There were plays where you're going, man, why isn't Russ taking off and running? He looks quick enough, and I think there was a confidence there. He wasn't sure that he could rely on his body. Man, I don't care what they say. He tore a ligament in his knee. Not all the way, but he did something. Okay, and then our weekly Blair Walsh watch. Okay, <laughs> 710 Sports reports that he was terrible in the open media part of the workouts. He was like in he's a doing very, just to troll the media? very inaccurate. Okay, Kevin. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in Blair Walsh today? We're going to do this a couple times before the season starts. Five. Five. Eric. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go eight. I think he's fine. I don't think missing <laughs> missing a bunch of field goals in a practice. They said the distance was great, too. Was he just, like, that? kicking the ball behind him and just, like, throwing clipboards? He was so mad. Yeah, he was like Aaron Brooks. You know that play where he threw the football backwards? <laughs> <like 10 yards? laughs> now, yeah. keep in mind, I guess maybe I'm going off of a different scale. I'm going true, like, zero to ten scale. So five is don't cut him, but, like, he also doesn't have the job security in any way, shape, yeah, or form. For me, it's like, it's like dead I think in the middle. He, I think he should have job security at this point. He's a proven okay. NFL commodity. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he didn't make the team. Um, all right, so let's go ahead, and we're going to end it right there. 12 minutes in for the 12s. 12 minutes for the 12s. Uh, I just uh, don't think there was much Seahawks news this week. If there's a story we missed, please send us a message, and we'll cover it next week. Uh, we are recording uh, July 3rd, so you know if, we yeah. miss, if something big happens on the 4th of July, like someone gets their hand blown up, uh, then... Uh, shout out to Jason Pierre-Paul. All right, so 
We're gonna Spoiler, go ahead, he's going to blow up his other hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to wear two clubs next year. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so uh, we've got our uh, NFL team-by-team previews. We go division-by-division. Division. Uh, we're going to cover each division uh, in medium depth, uh, the, the way that we do it. Uh, well, we have a couple games that we play every week, and uh, we're going to start with the AFC East. We're going to start as far away from the Seahawks as possible in terms of geography, and then kind of work our way westward, and we'll finish with the Seahawks. And I will admit, eight weeks out is too early to be doing this. Uh, we probably should wait like three or four me- more weeks for rosters to start to get hammered down and stuff like that. But you know what? you got to start early because I don't want to do more than one of these a week. We tried doing that in the past when we used to not record all off season, and then you just don't really end up with the depth of coverage. No. I mean, let's face it, Nathan needs at least a solid five minutes just to rag on Blake Bortles. Yeah, that's true. That's a big chunk of an episode. A- AFC South, you guys get ready. Three weeks away, we're gonna and <laughs> it's, and it's every division be, in between. It's gonna be Bortles, Bortles, uh, Bortles, Watch out. hammer time. All right, so let's, we're gonna start off with the AFC East, and uh, let's start. Let's go alphabetically through the division. And that means we start with the Buffalo Bills. So the Buffalo Bills, they added their big ad this offseason was Sean McDermott, the head coach. Yep. <laughs> they got rid they got rid of about seven hundred to eight hundred pounds of dead weight in the uh <laughs> You didn't like that joke? <laughs> I loved it actually. Okay, so of dead weight in you. the uh in the Ryan brothers. <laughs> and uh, now the Ryan brothers are in South Beach fighting uh people during people's bachelorette parties. Not a joke. Dead serious. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, what else are you going to do? So that's their that was their big ad for the offseason. They have a new coaching staff. They kept a lot of similar players from last offseason. Uh, they brought in uh, – they made a couple good draft picks, which Kevin can cover. And, yeah, so uh, wh- how do you guys feel about the Buffalo Bills? I think Ooh, the – Don't talk at once. I was, I was waiting. Uh, I'll go first. I think the Buffalo Bills are a very talented team. I think that they're going to be better because they're going to have a better coaching staff. They went I, seven and nine last year. Just keep that in mind. I don't think. Oh, okay. So when I say better, they're gonna they're gonna be marginally the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought they I thought they won less games. All right. I will just say that the Buffalo Bills have some talent. They're the second most talented team in this division. I feel. I don't think they have what it takes to make the playoffs. I like Tyrod Taylor, their quarterback. I don't love him, and I don't really know that he's a great starter in this league. You want to you want to know what I have him at? Uh, no, not not yet. Okay, not yet. So, uh, Kevin, I'll go next. So, I the Bills have that trifecta you're usually looking for. I think Tyrod Taylor's a solid quarterback. Yeah, he's like the 20, 20, 15th to twentieth best quarterback in the league. So he's not terrible. Uh, they have Watson at wide receiver, who's a big play threat if he can stay healthy. Right, but and he has they, not shown that he can do that at any point in his career yet. And they have Shady McCoy, who's a dual-threat running back that's guaranteed to miss two to three games a year. Yeah. So they also added Zay Jones, who is a really reliable uh, wide receiver out of East Carolina <laughs> who put up huge numbers throughout his career. He's that a very experienced sense. player. Yeah, he like has like crazy counting sense, but it's not Division One football, right? It is Division One. I thought it was Division One. No, it's, he's a American. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so it's not... Um, one of the biggest teams, but you know they played against some good teams, and he showed up in all of the All Star games, like Senior Bowl and stuff, against this really talented cornerback group. And you were watching Zay Jones play. Um, they picked up Tre'Davious White in the draft on defense, who's a really uh, solid nickel corner. And there's a lot of talent on the defense, or there's a good amount of talent on the no, defense. If Shaq Lawson could stay healthy, they have a pass rusher. It's it's like a weird defense where like it's a bunch of guys who you're like, oh, these guys are all right. 
The yeah. thing about Travis White, you say he'd be a solid nickel corner, but he's going to have to start on this team. Yeah, and I like, don't think that he has... He has great change of directions. I don't think he has the long speed to keep up with a lot of outside receivers, which I worry about with him. Because so, like, their other cornerbacks, is like it's not good. It's like Leonard Johnson is the next best guy, yeah. and I'm not a big Leonard Johnson fan. All uh, their corners are like, hey, if this was your number three corner, they're good. You know, All their linebackers are like, oh, if this was your second best linebacker, that's good. All of their front seven guys, except for their D-tackle, yeah, are guys that you want to have in the rotation, but having them as the man is not what you want. Kyle and and that summarizes their defense. Kyle, Kyle Williams and Marcel Darius are good, but like Kyle Williams has got to be past his prime at this point. But so Marcel Darius is uh, a top-flight defensive tackle. Well, Kyle Williams doesn't play a full season, and as you said, he's getting older. He's, he's 11th season in the NFL. Yeah, he's going to regress more and more. Miss more time. They're a team that needs an influx of talent, especially a pass rusher on defense, and the the thing I do like, though, is they picked up Deion Dawkins and they shirred up their offensive line. I feel like their offensive line is talent is talented but streaky. And so they're a team that could, like, pull off an upset but also just pull off a complete no-show. Yeah, here's here's the thing is that, that this team needs... If this team is going to be really competitive, they need Shaq Lawson to be really good. Yeah, he needs to have, and like, a, last a year, Cliff Averill-type season. Last year, he appeared in 10 games and got two sacks. Like, if your nickname's going to be Sack Daddy, I need you to bring more than one sack every five games, okay? Yep. Like, don't... Don't please don't ever call yourself Sack Daddy again if you that's what you're gonna do. They need Shaq Lawson to get ten plus sacks. If he can do that, this team can go nine and seven and compete for a playoff spot. I don't have faith that he's gonna make the leap this year though. He's not they're not gonna get quite enough out of it. And if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, this team is screwed. And I mean like next level screwed. Their backup quarterbacks are TJ Yates and Cardale Jones. Okay? And that that is like some that is some bad stuff. And I would I would bet they might go with Cardale Jones, which is like Basically committing suicide. Cardell Jones is huge arm and not remotely ready. Hey, don't worry. Cardell Jones, huge arm and also huge person. He's like, you know, yeah. 6'5", 250. He's a big dude. He's so, like uh, he's like Cam Newton sized. Yeah, so I, I like the Bills okay, but I think any level of injuries on offense and that it gets really bad really fast. Yeah, like, they're a thin roster. Their wide receiver is, are like Sammy Watkins and Zay Jones, who I like, kind of. Andre Holmes, who's okay. And then it's just guys you would not want to be playing significant time on your football team. Yep. And then... Out running back, it's the same thing. It's like once LaShawn McCoy goes down, you're with you're in Jonathan Williams, Joe Banyard zone. Like it's not good. Are you uh are you expecting Sammy Watkins to have a breakout year? Anyone in this room? No, I just okay. I I just don't think he's stay healthy long enough. It's too deep into. I we've had three years of him just like not playing enough, not playing all the games, and when he does play, he's inconsistent. And I just I'm not. Yeah, I'm not big on Watkins. I just think he's a big play threat. But honestly, in a perfect world, Zay Jones is going to be their number one, and he's their number two guy. Who, if he gets one on one coverage, will torch you. Yeah, people wanted uh, Sammy Watkins to be Julio Jones, but he's only had like a few Julio. He's moments. Deshaun Jackson. Like and a, he's Deshaun Jackson that can't stay healthy. Like the thing about it is, last year is like 2015. Julio, Sammy Watkins seemed like he was primed to make the leap. He had six yes. receptions for 1,047 yards. He had nine touchdowns. He's a big player receiver. He caught 62 percent of all balls thrown his way, which is pretty good when you have a quarterback. Like uh, Tyra Taylor, Taylor, who's going to be a little inaccurate. That's the one downside to having Tyra Taylor. And he followed that up by playing eight games and having a worse catch rate, uh, only two touchdowns, and losing two yards per reception off his yards per reception. I just think Sammy Watkins seemed primed to make the leap. And if he makes the leap, I wouldn't be stunned or anything. It just seems like he took a step. Just not expecting. He took a step backwards. Even the games he played last year, he wasn't that good. The one thing I will say is Sean McDermott comes from that Eagles system 
This is a guy who knows how to create pressure. And so they could end up creating that pass rush. And if he can scheme and manufacture a pass rush, they could kind of punch above their weight. I, I could totally see that. Like I, like I wouldn't, like I said, I would not be surprised if this team t- if this team had some health luck and stayed really healthy, that they would be very, they could be very decent and go like nine and seven. Yeah. That that being said, the over and under for the Buffalo Bills is at six six even. Over six is minus one thirty, and under six is even money, which means over six, the uh, little bit got to pay a little extra to go over. Kevin, where do you have the Panthers this year? Where do I have the Bills? Or Bills, sorry. I have the Bills at I say that? seven and nine. All right. So you have the just just the over. Eric? I have the Bills at seven and nine. Okay. So you guys are both going over. I'm going under. I have the Bills at five and 11. And I think that the, just the Bills are going to be one of those teams where they're... Oh, they're an bu- injury away from four and 12. You're yeah, right. They're, they're just gonna, there's going to be like one or two injuries, and it's just going to fall apart for them. Um, I think the six over and under is very fair. Uh, and I would yes. not be surprised to see that push and you get your money back. All right, so that's the Buffalo Bills. Let's go to the sunny. We go from the coldest, one of the coldest places in the league, to one of the warmest, sunny Miami, where the Dolphins are going to roll Ryan, roll Ryan Tannehill out there for one more year. Last year, the Miami Dolphins went. Oh gosh, I should have looked this up prior in advance. I apologize. Uh, this is the only one I didn't have open. They well, went ten. The- and, they went ten and six, second in the AFC East. Kevin, how do you feel about the Miami Dolphins? The Miami Dolphins, I like their wide receiver core. I think Landry is real. I think Parker, despite his bust status, has shown that he's a gamer. And, and he's a guy too. who will continue going well. And Kenny Stills is a constant deep threat. Uh, Jay Ajay, Ajayi, um, if you're from the streets, it's that way. Is a strong running back. He's a powerful guy. He's got the shoulders. You know, he can, he can run the rock and give you a solid, like, four yards per carry kind of run game. Do you mean? Did you offhand, do you know how many carries he had last year? Did he oh, play the he whole was, season? He did not, He right? missed the first couple of games. There, he had an attitude problem and got benched for it. Um, and I think he might have been suspended for substance, too, for a couple of games. So uh, bigger load this year, though, right? So, But I think he was still over 200 carries or on pace for over 200 carries if he had played the whole year. And he had a good season. He had a few really big games. That's not him normally. If you put this offense in a situation where Ryan Tannehill is distributing the ball and managing the offense as opposed to being the guy who has to win the game, then this is an offense that can play to a playoff caliber. They have a strong offensive line, and their defense has some talent but some glaring holes. Okay, let me let me start with JHI. Okay, before Eric, Eric, you get in here. and uh, Let me start with J.H.I. Let me just get this interjected in here. J.H.I., when you look at the full stat line, it looks really good. 4.9 yards per carry, 1,200 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. He appeared in every single game. Okay, you're like, okay, this is a good stat line. But it does not tell the whole story. J.H.I. only went over 100 yards four times last year, and in three of those games, he went over 200 yards. So it it really inflates his stats when he goes for 214 against the Bills, 204 against Pittsburgh, and 206 against the Bills. Great. He gets to play against the putrid Buffalo Bills rush defense twice and goes over 200 yards in both of those games, and it really inflates his stats. If you take out those stats, it, his numbers go way, way, way down. And so I love JHI. Full disclosure, he's an Arsenal fan, and I love Arsenal soccer <laughs> as well. And I don't know if you know about JHI. He's British. So the... The thing is, I love JHI, but he is 
he's not all the way there yet. Okay, he had he had lots of games where he was just okay. But do you feel like he could be a four yard per carry thousand yard rusher? I mean, he gets to play the garbage Bills rush defense twice again this year, so probably yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't love. I'm not crazy about it. I think the stats are misleading. Like people might be thinking, like, is JHI going to break out for 1,800 yards? And the answer no. for me is definitively no. Uh, JHI could be very good next year, but uh, I don't love him. I'm not crazy about it. Uh, I think that this team's offensive line got better. Uh, I think overall there's talent everywhere on this team on offense and defense, but something about it just feels off. And I, I, for me, it's Tannehill. Eric, how do you how do you feel about Ryan Tannehill going this into is, going into year five? This is perfect because Kevin did a nice team overview. We didn't hit on defense too much. You went JHI, and I wanted to talk Ryan Tannehill because he's the whole key for this team. I don't have this team very high in wins, and you made the comment when you started talking about the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's last year, kind of like Blake Bortles, I feel like Ryan Tannehill is a guy who is on the bubble. There's, he needs a, a significantly a significant improvement to be a quarterback that I would want to ride with. Um, he's shown flashes, but I feel and I don't I don't have the stats to bring this up. I just from what I see and I do watch. You know, I feel enough, especially when it comes to like Jacksonville, enough of the other team's games to to know something. Ryan Tannehill is getting like slightly worse or slightly the exact same every season and yeah. he's not dealing with injuries and every year he's getting he's getting more talent around him and his defensive talent's going away but he's not on the defense i mean he did not have jay ajay before last year he didn't have a guy that could always be given the ball he had um who's the guy who went to houston uh, uh last season the running back houston's oh, uh, running back a- arian foster no, no. <laughs> oh wait they Wrong got direction. they got arian foster didn't they yes yeah <laughs> no they shipped off uh Oh man, we can't think of his name. Anyway, he this was so bad. Yeah, he was a guy who. Uh, Good job, everyone. Yeah, that's us. He was a guy who who was decent, but he was he was a guy who came on late. He had injuries on the receiver side with Devonte Parker, Kenny Stills, and uh, look, help, help Landry Jarvis, so, Landry Jarvis Landry. I've had him on my fantasy team two years in a row. Um, he is. He's a big star. You should be doing better if you have those guys. Okay, it's kind of like uh, Green Bay's receivers should have bigger numbers for having Aaron Rodgers throwing them the ball. That's how I feel about. Uh, it's like the the opposite of how I, how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. Okay, like he's just not a guy I believe in. If yeah. you look at the per game stats, the problem is when Ryan Tannehill is pressing, he blows it. And so you can see he has these games where suddenly it's like, oh, I threw three picks this game because I was trying to win it all by myself. Well, and I'm not. I'm not there, and I don't want to just go and, hey, you guys hear this story, but there's reports of Tannehill having an attitude problem. And as your leader, as your quarterback, that's a huge deal. He's Here's the thing on Tannehill. Okay? People think that this guy is young. He came into the NFL at age 24. He's 29 years old. This is not a young buck that should be. we should be thinking about, like, oh, is Tannehill on the rise? Like Tannehill should already have risen at this point. I find Tannehill to be a medium to bad quarterback. Uh, last year, let's just take last year as an example. They played 13 games uh, with Tannehill, and they played three with Matt Moore. Matt Moore had a better QB rating. He had uh, eight touchdowns in those three games. They went two and one in those three games. If your team can be almost as good with Matt Moore as it is with Ryan Tannehill, that's not a positive. That's a 
It's like Tanner, and Matt Moore didn't play terrible teams, right? What were the what were the three games of Matt Moore? Matt Moore, oh man, you're gonna make me look at Matt Moore's game. Hey, on. I'll just I, interject. I didn't prepare that much. The Dolphins running back that I forgot the name, Lamar Miller. Yes, oh, yeah, Lamar Miller, who is a, who's a legitimate NFL. He's very good, but he also was. He's just never played first. with yeah. an NFL quarterback. Uh, Matt Moore played Arizona, New England, and the Jets. Not exactly a walk in the park for a quarterback. Even the Jets, their defensive backs were terrible, but you still have to deal with that front seven. So, oh, wait. No, no. He played the Bills, too. <laughs> okay. So. Yo, three out of four ain't bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he finished the game against the Cardinals, which they won. And then he he uh, played the Bills and the Patriots and Jets. All right. So. Yeah, but he did fine in all of those games. None of those games were, like, horrible. And, I and those are some solid middle-of-the-road NFL teams. As much as Tannehill puts on the table, he takes almost as much off. He's just he's medium to good. Nah, he's medium. He's just medium. Last year, I feel like a lot of his... He got a big jump in completion percentage that people might point to to say, like, hey, he still has 67% of his passes now. He's finally made the leap. He's But I think that mostly is because last year they got Laramie Tunsil and they finally wasn't under siege. Yeah. Like, Ryan Tannehill's been getting sacked a billion times uh, per per season, he needs to, to, to take a legitimately big leap this year in order to prove that he's a starting NFL quarterback. Because right. he's fringy. You know how I, I, there's always a player on teams though that I just love. There's like a player on every team I'm just obsessed with. And uh, for me, for for it's JJ because he's an offense. No, he's a nope. Fan? Nope. It's uh, it's Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake okay. is is one of the most underrated players in NFL history. He came into the league late because of his CFL history. Um, the guy has like the highest career pressures per snap in NFL history. He's one of the most premier great pass rushers in the history of the NFL. And I think let's give uh, let's give him a, sh- a big shout. Uh, Cameron Wake's awesome. When you watch the Dolphins, get excited about Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake is the guy that you should be like, oh yeah, Cameron Wake. This is the guy I want to watch. Watch him on every play. He's really really talented. He has like unbeatable like speed and power moves that are just like incredible to watch. So, uh, They've yeah. also got some talent at linebacker. They have talent along the line. Even losing Mario Williams is going to be addition by subtraction. This is a team that plays with a better front seven so they can absorb the fact that their uh, DBs are okay. The Miami Dolphins over-under is 7.5. To get over, you you have to give a little. Minus 130. To get under, it's even money. Uh, start with you, Eric. Eric, over-under, 7.5. Where do you got the Dolphins this year? I have the Dolphins at five and eleven, so way under. I was I was well, way under. I well under. <clears throat> I really have a problem with Ryan Tannehill as a as a leader, as a perceived leader, and I just I don't like the team. Kevin, they have a middling quarterback and a middling record of eight and eight. Yeah, and I have them at seven and nine. Uh, so I think we're on agreement. I think that getting up to pick up two free wins against the Jets is uh, which we'll get to in a minute, is really helpful to the record of the Dolphins here. Yep. If they played in a harder division, I think I would have them even lower. Um, speaking of hard parts of a division, let's go to... That was terrible transition. Uh, New England Patriots. The oh, New good. England, I thought you were going to talk about Rex Ryan thinking about feet. Nope. <laughs> New England Patriots, uh, they are the uh, talk of the town. They are the, the team du jour. They They're are the, the team that won't go away. They are they are <laughs> great forever, uh, as long as I can remember. So... Uh, it's like I I remember the, when I was a kid and they had that guy doing a taking a dump on their helmet and they weren't that good. But then, <laughs> but now they, you know, recent years it's just been year after year. Basically since Parcells, I dump. mean, they had a, a slight downturn and then came right back. Yeah, they've been pretty pretty great. So the the New England Patriots are bringing basically everyone back. They didn't lose anything. Uh, they also added a few players. They added Brandon Cooks. Um, they added Stephon 
or they didn't add. Yeah, they added Stephon Gilmore. Uh, this, so not only did they not lose hardly anyone, they they bring back a couple good players. They basically traded out of this year's draft to be awesome this year. Uh, do you think this is like a last ride Tom Brady thing? We want this team to be incredible for him, or is this just more of like? New England just doing New England things. This Always. is just New England doing New England. New England doesn't do anything sentimental. That should be known by now. When it comes to roster moves or anything, there's there's no sentimentality in any of this stuff. It's just, this is what we thought we could do to maximize our resources this year. Uh, we thought we could get extra value because it's a deep draft, so we traded a first-round pick for a top-flight receiver. You know, this, things like that. This roster construction is incredible. Just uh, cold-blooded. Eric, what is uh is there is there any weakness to this uh, New England team? Like, is there a, is there a chink in the armor? All right, so this is this is going deep here. They lost Martellus Bennett, a tight end, not their best tight end because they have Gronk. They lost their uh, their aged running back, Garrett uh, Blunt. Garrett Blunt, there, but he had like eleven touchdowns last yeah, year. Yeah, he always him gives him a puncher's chance. Honestly, <laughs> he was uh he was a guy that they could uh you could totally rely on. To you know, punch it in at the end zone. To punch it at the end zone, yeah. and he he had a couple he really of, hit with the fans. He had a few good games last year. I will say this about the Patriots: I think they're going to cruise in the playoffs as usual. But I don't know. They, I don't love their star power on defense. That, not that it not that it seems to matter. And they're also in one of the easiest divisions in football. One of, and uh, yeah, I a weakness. The fact that Brady is eventually going to retire someday. Uh, for, for me, me the weakness is that that they their offensive line is is not great. It's it's a mediocre. It's, it's con. It's it's more concept than talent. They don't have a lot of talent on the offensive line. If something bad can happen to this team, it's that this offensive line could be getting run over. Now, here's the thing about the way that New England has built their whole team that <laughs> counteracts that is that. Brady is not great under pressure. His actually career under pressure stats are pretty bad. So the hoodie has done what any great coach should do, and he plays to the strengths. He says, okay, you're bad under pressure. We're going to get the ball out in like 0.1 second every yep. play. And they do that. So the, it, it, it's going to mask how bad this offensive line is, and they're going to win a bunch of football games, despite the fact that this is the weakness of the team. Is get the ready to see a thousand pick plays is not and great. all sorts of short routes. Well, yeah. so, I mean, you and Kevin immediately... Talked about the offensive line. I know they're not good, but are they are they significantly worse than the middle of the NFL's offensive line? Yes. Yeah, they're. I would they're say they're bottom five offensive okay. line. I think that they're really bad. Really like, that that far? Yes, bottom five. The the scheme masks the deficiency. Though. I'd say like around twentieth. Okay, that's. I don't think that's unfair, but okay. I think that is optimistic. The scheme ma- okay. the scheme is masking some of the deficiencies of this offensive line. I think there's a second weakness that needs to be mentioned though too. Okay, and that is this is a team that lacks a pass rush. And so their defense has to play everything perfectly if they want to be able to... Like, their defense, everyone has to do their job exactly right, which this is a well-coached team, and they can do that. Though they did lose their defensive coordinator, or uh, they lost some defensive assistants, but they don't have a guy that really generates a pass rush on his own. All their pass rushing is scheme pass rushing. You'll see a few sacks for certain guys. Yeah, I mean, like, Coney Ely and Trey Flowers are both going to get, like, seven sa- seven sacks. It's it's not like... 
the worst. There's not nothing, but it's not. It's just not. They don't have like an 11 sack guy, a guy that you can just point to and be like, yeah, Cliff Averill's going to get some pressure sometimes, like the Seahawks have. And I'd say, what, Flowers and Ely, those are the two? Yep. And I say, again, those are the guys benefiting from the scheme to get those sacks. They're solid rotation players, but they are not, you know, it's not like. Uh, Michael Bennett, who you'll see just take over a play and just wreck everything. Here's the problem I have with that, Kevin, just in general, is that these guys are going to get more sacks this year just because this coverage unit is going to be, like, next level good. Uh, you like, think? I really like Malcolm Butler and Stephon Gilmore as your corners, and I love Devin McCourty. Uh, and I think, like, those three guys, even with Patrick Chung being, like, eh, like, I'm, <laughs> I will admit he's, like, pretty, nah. But, I'm not as high on their corners as you are, but, but I understand what you're saying. But, like, these two guys are going to, are both, Top level corners, you know, top twenty corners, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna get sacks just based on that. Uh, and the linebackers are are good, like the, uh, Dante Hightower and Ninkovich had a good season last year. They traded for Kyle Van Noy, and they have David Harris. Like these guys, that's can a all, solid linebacker. These rotation. guys can all play. They're gonna be able to rotate those four guys through, and you know, I think they'll be pretty decent. I think they'll be they'll be pretty decent on defense. Not like a you know they're not gonna be like the best defense in the league, but they'll be pretty good. Here's what I love about the way they've constructed this roster, though: they have depth all over the place like they have extra guys everywhere and they have all these players that are kind of similar edelman hogan amandola cooks all four of these guys can line up inside and outside on both uh, sides of the on field both sides of the field Dion lewis james white rex burkhead brandon bolden all these running backs can go and they can split out wide too they don't just have to be in the backfield and they can line up in different positions in the backfield and be effective as football players what's going to be cool is watching this team Go into a huddle with four of those guys that I just named, and the defense is going to have no idea where they're going to come out of the huddle. Which, again, takes pressure off because it almost forces you to play zone. That's a problem for defenses because defenses are going to have a t- tough time matching up. If they say, like, hey, we want you to be on, you know, that we want you to be on 11, you know, because Edelman's dangerous or whatever. Then they, they try to line up with Edelman, and it, it's going to be a problem. They're going to have to find him coming out of the huddle. Or Edelman's in the backfield. And then all of a sudden, Edelman's in the backfield, and the cornerback's like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Like, I, I don't, like, I'm supposed to cover this guy out of the backfield. And Look for un- the handsome guy. It's uncomfortable. Like, it, it creates discomfort with the defense. If you can get the defense uncomfortable, you've created a huge advantage. That is what this team does. I think Eric's right. Like, losing Bennett sucks for them because Gronkowski is really injury prone. But they added Dwayne Allen. It's not like they just... Who's they, really talented. They, they didn't just go down. And Dwayne Allen is going to look better on this team than he did maybe in the past. Even though I do think Andrew Luck's good, I think he's a little overrated. Maybe we'll talk about that when we get to the AFC. I also South. think the <laughs> scheme is much stronger in yeah. uh, New England, and that's an undeniable fact. Right. So... All this is adding together to like another great New England Patriots season. Uh, New England Patriots over under is one of the harshest. Over twelve and a half or under twelve and a half. Over minus one thirty. Even got to give money, money to go over. Under is even money. Kevin, start with Eric last time. Kevin, where do you got the New England Patriots this year? So they went fourteen and two last year. By the way, I feel like New England is one of those teams where, like we just talked about, if your defense doesn't have a strong identity, they're going to put a ton of pressure on you. The teams that can match up with them defensively are teams like the Seahawks, who have in the past, because the Seahawks come out and run their scheme. You go ahead and do you, and they're going to run their defense. There's not a lot of those in the AFC. I have them at 12-4, and four, and I wouldn't be surprised if they went a little bit better than that, but 12-4 and four is what I have them at. Easily winning the division. I'm going to go... I also went 12-4, and four, but like Kevin said, the strength of schedule is real easy here. 
if they went fourteen and two, or maybe even fifteen and one, I would not be stunned. I would be like, "Yep, that's the thing that happened." Uh, there's only a couple really tough games on their schedule. Like they have to travel to Broncos and Raiders in consecutive weeks. That's tough. That's going to be tough to win both of those football games. The Buccaneers but, can put up a fight. Uh, they, the Dolphins always play them tough. Like the, their division games are always, they always try. You know, Buffalo always plays them tough. The Dolphins always play them tough. They have a Steelers team that might be fighting for a playoff spot yeah, late in the year after their defense may have had a chance to gel. But I mean, like I said, that this team will be very good and they will win a lot of football games. I'm at 12 and 4 right now, but like I said, don't be surprised to see that number go up. Kansas City's pass rush could eat them up week one. That has an outside chance. That wouldn't be shocking. They got a tough division draw. Like, AFC West is actually pretty good this year. Um, really but good. But they made up for it with being in a really weak division? <laughs> Correct. That doesn't match up with them well at all, except for the Dolphins? All right. Eric? I feel like the sky is falling in New England. You guys have them at 12-4. Uh, and four. Last year, they were 14-2. and 13-3. and three. Sky's falling. Sky's falling. One, lo- one less win. Shots fired. Uh, I, here's the thing I'll say, just because, you know, you, you brought up that you know, things are going to be hard here, but they're going to be easier there. Tom Brady will eventually fall off. I mean, the guy is getting older. He's the oldest quarterback in football that matters, right? Yeah. I would say that they're going to have no problem getting to the playoffs, probably coasting to that number one seed. But this may be the year that they're not as confident in the playoffs. And I mean, not like they're not as confident, but in their game. Like, you'll watch their game and you're like, that's not a confident game. And that's a big difference when you get in the playoffs because every year the Patriots, even when they've lost, they know they're going to win. And it's a swagger that you can't replace. And this this might be the year, uh, hopefully, that, uh, you know, maybe they have an earlier exit in the playoffs. So we get to the end of these previews, you're saying they might not have a deep run for you. And that's it. That's all the teams there are in the AFC East. Wait, what? You say there's another (laughs) team that plays in the AFC East? The New York Football Jets? I'm not. Uh, I didn't say I that. See. Well, I don't know if they're a football team. Yeah, so, we didn't. Kevin York, and I are just, we were ready. The New York Football Jets, they last year had a sterling record of 5-11. and 11. They have <laughs> uh, subtracted quite a bit in this offseason and added very little. The golden, uh, they are the, this is a golden season. The first team I've, I can think of in NFL history that is very obviously tanking. Yeah. And they are doing a... NF, uh, Philadelphia 76ers t- style tank job where they just leaked all the talent off of their roster. Todd Bowles has been checked into a depression clinic. Uh, They've gotten rid of every player over 30 except for a McCown. Okay, so that's not true. There's other over 30 players. I don't want to ruin this, but we're going to play a game. It's called Name That Those Players. And how's, here's how this game works. It's just like um, I can get it in name that tune. I name can get it tune. in five seconds. I can get it in six seconds. You guys are going to go back and forth saying how many players you can name from the R Lads depth chart as starters for the Jets. Okay. So you're going to start. Eric, you're going to get the opening bid. Kevin will have a chance to bid up. I would uh, think strategy here. You know, you want to go as possible. All right. I got this. I'm not going to tell you if you're right or not until you're all done. So if you name a player that's not a starter, I'm sorry in advance, you lose. Uh, so, so be careful. Name players that you think are obviously starters. The step chart gets updated like every day. So. Defensive line is a little <laughs> difficult, though, because they have a rotation. So okay, it's well, hard to know who's the starter there. Kevin, you're going to have to risk it to get the biscuit. All right, Eric, open us up. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to start with I can name three New York football Jets. Starters, all right. I'm going to up the ante to four. <laughs> Now, now here's where it gets tense. If we if we had any production value, we would add tense music. 
I think I can name five Jets. <laughs> five Jet starters. Eric. I'll be honest. I almost jumped to five because I knew you weren't going to go to six. But <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's like, dang it. Now I think I have to say six. I, I am going to go with six. Oh, I thought you were going to say name those Jets. Are you going to say name those Jets? jets? You know, I might be dumb, but I'm not stupid. Kevin Garber, name those Jets. All right, Kevin, name six six players who are listed as starters. And I know I've got two that he doesn't. See, they've got Adams at safety. Okay, Jamal Adams is starting at safety. I'm not telling you if you're right or not until you're done. Okay, Kevin's got Jamal Adams starting at safety. Let's see. Kevin's already. (laughs) (laughs) We should have Forte at running back. He says Matt Forte will start at running back. Let's see. We should have Devin Harris at wide receiver. Kevin says listed. Devin Harris will be starting as wide receiver. So now I want to Google who's Devin Harris. We'll with Muhammad Wilkerson. Muhammad Wilkerson starting at defensive end. We'll go with Williams, the defensive tackle out of USC. Leonard Williams, starting at defensive end. Is that five? That's five, Kevin. I need the sixth one. Can I phone a friend? No. You have no friends. (laughs) 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 Screw you. Um, All right, I need one more player. Starter for the Jets. Can he name the coach as a starter? (laughs) The Todd Bowles, but no. Um, There's like a slam dunk that you missed. Like <laughs> there is a slam dunk I'm missing. It's <laughs> it's just cracking me up. It's so funny. I know, to me, me too. I'm it's so funny to me because it's like, come on, dude. Well, their quarterbacks will be McCown. There you the depth go. Charts. I, that's come on, no Kevin else. Adams is going to be starting at safety. You're correct. Forte starting running back. Forte's Wilkerson starting at defensive tackle. Leonard Williams starting at defensive end. Josh McCown is starting at quarterback. But they I do lost not, Devin Harris. They do not have a, a player named Devin Harris on their roster. In fact, I Googled it. Devin Harris, when I Googled Devin Harris NFL, the first result is Dwayne Harris, a wide receiver. So I don't even know <laughs> particularly what player you're talking about here. Maybe you meant Quincy Anua or no. <laughs> Robbie Anderson or Sharon Peak. Or this is the can, can wide I, receiver. No, it's so the, uh, the guy at Ohio State that's been injured. Are Derek, is he on their injured list? Uh... Devin Smith? Yes. Yes, that is, and he is not. He is on the IR right now. Oh. Uh, damn, I didn't realize That's he was on the credit. IR. Can uh, I name? Can I name three Jets that I'm pretty Smith, sure? So you had the name Devin Harris is an NBA player. Yeah. So that's why Devin you're Smith. Okay, it's a Jets wide receiver. <laughs> I was taking a moonshot anyway. It might be in the NBA. But, okay, the players know. I think you guys could have got. Jake Carpenter is their starting left guard. I got. Yeah, I got a. I got a few. Go ahead. I know the Catman's their kicker, right? Chandler Catanzaro is their starting kicker. I believe they picked up. One. Eric, I hate you. <laughs> no, that's he's on my fantasy team. If I could have phoned a friend, I would have had that. That's all I'm saying. What about uh? Didn't they get a Safarian Jenkins or whatever? From yeah, he's the a Bucks? backup. He's a oh, backup, backup tight end. Oh, backup so tight end. So I would have got him. I would not have got him. And then I th- no, they drafted a tight end, right? Yeah, Jordan Leggett. That's yeah. who's listed as their out of uh, Clemson. And oh, and uh, I wasn't sure which one's gonna be listed as a starter, so I couldn't name tight end. Bilal Powell will start at some point. Yeah, but Bilal Powell is listed as a backup. Dick. Okay, so. Other players I think could have got. James Carpenter's their starting left guard. Kelvin Beecham's their starting right tackle, and Kelvin Beecham's really good. I didn't uh, realize Beecham was on the roster. Uh, Morris Claiborne is their left cornerback. Mm. Uh, I should have And uh, that's, that's about... That's the way the news that's goes another there. defensive lineman, but 
I don't think he's uh, starting. Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. Yes, is he is starting. starting. Yep. See, I didn't know if they were good because I have Williams, and last Wilkerson, year's, and Richardson. Kevin, and, this is a free one for you. Last year's first round pick, Darren Lee, is starting at inside linebacker. I don't know who that is, but uh, he's really, really do. fast out of Ohio State. Okay. So there you go. See, you know more things. I'm like calling that. it a win because Harris nope. would be a starter if he wasn't on IR. That's but, but his name is Devin Smith, so you lost. Whatever. Right. <laughs> Kevin had a name. Six I'm calling bits. that a win because I got the name completely wrong. We're giving him. F- I'm giving. I could name the school he went to and everything. I'm I giving Kevin five and a half. I think that's a win and probably more <laughs> wins than the Jets will have. Uh, I, I don't know. About All right, so Kevin, let's just get right to it. Jets depth chart. They have like I'm very right. few players you've heard of. They, with this in mind, I'm putting them at one in fifteen. I don't care. I'm going with the record first because that's all we yeah, need. I'm going. This one is my summary myself. of their roster talent. They are one in fifteen only because I can't put a team at zero wins. I don't know where the one wins coming from. Hey, hey, Cougar fans! They have a lot of WSU wide receivers. Marcus Wilson and Gabe Marks are both on their roster right now. So if you want to watch Jets games, pray that those guys end up with jobs. Uh, that being said, this team is terrible. Uh, I don't feel like they even did that good in the draft. Like. Like is Marcus Adams May is really going to start for them? What's like, that? Is Marcus May even going to start he for them? He should. And if May and Adams start at safety, that might be their best position group outside of defensive line. Yeah, their defensive line is still good. Like yeah. Larry and their Williams, run defense Steve should be pretty good. Wilkerson is a good front, and Sheldon Richardson should be able to create pressure on the outside. They are switching to a three-four. They're going to be uh, a good run defense. They, they should. Yeah, they'll be okay. The they will be their okay. pass defense is still going to be really their questionable. Their offense will be awful. They have Matt Forte, and then it's just like guys that you wouldn't want on your NFL roster. Like, Sharon Peak is listed as their starting uh, wide receiver. That's uh, That says a lot. Um, over under, Sharon Peak? Wait, wait. Over, under <laughs> on games the Jets score 10 or fewer points. I don't know, like eight and a half, probably. It's, it's got to be high. I think, I think I, it's going to be over half of their games. They're going to score 10 or fewer points. Yeah, it's it's not going to be good. Uh, I have the Jets at Owen sixteen. I don't I don't see them winning any games. I'm not going to be like, where's it come from? I just didn't see it, and I really tried. I I have them at one in fifteen. The over under is five, and I think there's room for you. Easy. To, there's room for you to work there. It's even money too. Minus one fifteen both ways. I would t- hammer the under. That's a the Jets is an easy under in my opinion. If you think the Jets will be good, please message me and tell me why. I would love to hear. And Someone's, then we will call Todd Bowles and tell him. I want to hear some. Yeah, Jets actually, just message truthers. Todd Bowles. The guy needs good news. Uh, so tweet him, won't you? Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to do a fast movie club this week. So let's just give a spoiler free review of a movie we all talked about last week as seeing. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk very quickly and succinctly about Baby Driver. Eric, how did you feel about Baby Driver? I very much enjoyed Baby Driver. You want the five point scale, four out of five. You want the ten let's point. Do five. Let's go five. Okay. That point scale. Uh, four. I give it a four. Yeah. I like it very much. There was uh, a decent enough star power in it without it shoving it in your face, and the the main character isn't really a star, and I thought he was decent. Yeah. And Ansel, the soundtrack. Ansel, Ansel Elgort. What a name. You need to change uh, that last name, bro. Uh, so. Soundtrack was very good. The audio mixing was very good. Yeah. Uh, voices came through clearly. Action scenes were extremely well shot. This was a well-crafted movie. For just a fun summer movie, it hit every box for me. I would also go four out of five. This this movie should get like Oscar buzz for sound. I thought the sound yeah. design and sound was really cool in this movie. They did a really good job. Uh, 
The movie was really solid. I think it's one of those movies that will do really well on like HBO in the future. You know, you'll be oh, like, yeah. you'll be like flipping through and you'll see it's on HBO and you'll be like, and no matter what point you'll be in the movie, you'll be like, I'm going to sit down and watch the rest of yes. this because it's like, it's totally solid from almost any point. Yes. Uh, it's, it was really good. Uh, I like, I like Jamie Foxx did an awesome job. Kevin Spacey was awesome. Uh, there, like the Ansel Elgort thing, like, yeah, it, he was good enough. You know, he was good enough to carry the I thought it was movie. an intentional casting. Yeah, and they, it was charming the way he was, uh, his re- he had a relationship with his stepfather or a adopted father. I thought it was cool. So, uh, yeah, I'd also give it like a four or four and a half out of five, and I'd say it's the best movie I've seen other than Get Out this year. All right. Uh, if I had to give it a oh, full rating, I'd give it a four. Um, if I could give half stars, because I'm a, a I was coward. I say, you got to go ten point scale on that such situation. Yeah, then, then, just, then I would be a nine. But I w- it was a solid, solid four for me. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, it's a fun movie. Yeah, uh, I'm next up on the list is Atomic Bond. That movie should be great. Uh, that movie looks really good. We're so, all gonna be having an outing for that one. Yeah, so podcast probably skipping Iron Man four. <laughs> There's an Iron Man four. <laughs> I'm sorry, Spider Man Homecoming. Same thing. <laughs> Same movie, yes. So really quickly, uh, we would appreciate any support you can give us. You can find us on Patreon.com. We are the Seahawks Nest, where you will be getting a Fourth of July special being uploaded this week that yeah. we are shooting here in about five minutes. Yep, and uh, we could you could support us via Patreon. You could also support us by just following us on Twitter, following us on Facebook. Give uh, us those reviews. You can give us a five star review on iTunes. Um, I've uh, they say that fifty percent of people find their podcast through iTunes, uh, and that's because it's like a very popular format for people to use. So the reviews really help us on there. So uh, thanks for all your support. Uh, we really like that you guys are reaching out to us, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Go Hawks! Good time, bro.